0: I'm going to continue this morning with part sixteen in the series on the Sermon on the Mount. We're almost at the end of chapter six. We'll be done sometime right around Labor Day with this series, Lord willing. This uh, this message is the the last in the three the three subpoints Jesus t- gives to illustrate his. Next major point in his talk, in his sermon. And uh, you'll find, as I have found, that, that these three illustrations of his point about how we do our religious things, how we, how we live our religious life, the things that we do because we're followers of Jesus, the motivation behind them, he, re- he repeats with three illustrations the same point. And it's found uh, in that first verse in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 1. Beware. Watch out for. Don't let yourself slip in this area. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. Notice he doesn't say, don't do your practice of righteousness in front of other people. Just don't do it for them. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, because then you'll have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. If you're doing it for God, do it for God. If you're doing it for God and somebody catches you, okay. But you're doing it for God. Come back to that at the end of the message this morning. So the third, the third example, the first example was when you give to the poor. The second example is when you pray. And the third example is when you fast. Now, if if Jesus had been speaking to the 21st century American Christian congregation, he would have said, if you fast. It's one of the lost disciplines of the American Christian life. Jesus says, when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. There's these hypocrites again. Do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces. They go out of their way to put makeup on and to, and to make themselves look religious. If you're happy and you know it. If you're happy and you know it, tell your face. (laughs) Oh, that one scored a point. There was an ace there. Don't look gloomy like the hypocrites. They disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Again, Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. What was their reward? To be seen by others. You got what you wanted. Okay. But God wasn't impressed. Don't do this to be seen by others. If you're going to do it, do it quietly. Let God be the only one who notices you. So... Jesus says, but when you fast, when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, take a shower already. So that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. I want to just give you some observations about fasting, make some comments, and then uh, I have a a homework assignment to give you. (laughs) It'll be on the honor system, do it or don't do it. Don't do it to be seen by me. Here's my first observation. Fasting is about self-denial in order to focus on prayer. Fasting is about denying myself something in order to focus my attention on something or someone else for a period of time. This is one of the reasons why fasting has become foreign to the American Christian culture. Because as Americans, we don't know how to deny ourselves. We don't, we don't ever tell ourselves no. We might tell other people no. But we don't tell ourselves no. I want that second piece of cake. No. What do you mean no? I want it. I want the new car. What's wrong with the car you have? It's Dirty. I want that new 72-inch flat-screen television Super Bowl's coming. What's wrong with the TV you have? It's not big enough. You can't afford it. Yes, I can. I just got a new credit card. How many of you remember the days of layaway? Layaway. You don't buy it on credit you pick it out at the store and you take it to the counter in the back and you say, put this aside for me and I'm going to make payments on this and I'll come back at Christmas time to make the last payment and then I will take it home. This is a compromise. Because um, I, I could just wait and save up the money at home But if I do that, something else is going to come up, and I'm going to have to take out of that and go get it. So I'm going to go ahead, and I'm going to promise to buy this so nobody else will buy it in front of me, and then I'm going to make regular payments until I have paid the whole thing off, and then I will take it home. I remember standing in line on uh, one Saturday night before Christmas when our kids were little at Walmart, It was going on midnight, and we were standing in the the layaway pickup line. (sighs) This was back in the days before I had learned as much patience as I've learned. I just kind of boasted that I've learned some patience. I have learned a little bit more than I had 35 years ago, but I won't say that I'm as patient as I'm supposed to be. We don't know how to deny ourselves. And this is why we don't even talk about fasting very much anymore. And if we do, if we talk about fasting, we're probably talking about losing weight quickly. There's this new thing called intermittent fasting. I fast for 16 hours, then I eat for 8, and fast for 16, eat for 8. Not the whole eight. You don't eat the whole eight hours. (laughs) Maybe that's why it's not working. (laughs) We talk about the Daniel fast, and we talk about the Ezekiel fast, and these things that that have some health benefits. But we don't talk about fasting for the spiritual benefit of it. We just don't. One of, the, one of the reasons we don't is because the Bible doesn't give us any instructions on how to do it. See, if the Bible said, here's step one, here's step two, there, there would be a lot of us who grew up in churches that like to follow lists that would have been doing this all along. Jesus fasted 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness before his baptism, and he was tempted by the devil at the end of that time. Does that mean he didn't eat anything for 40 days? Did he drink water during that period of time? You know what? The Bible doesn't tell us. The Bible never gives us any very specific details about how people who fasted did it. There are no specific rules about doing it. It seems like what it means is I have to figure it out for myself. I have to have some personal discipline to deny myself something that I normally have to indulge. Here's my next point. I bring my appetites, I bring my appetites under submission. so that I might yield more fully to the discipline of praying. Think about your appetite. See, immediately, when we talk about fasting, and when you hear the word appetite, you immediately think about food. Food first. Look at me. But there's so much more here than just that. Think about what some of your appetites are besides eating food. These various kinds of fasting have some value physically. But the importance of the idea of fasting is that you are doing something out of your usual routine. Putting yourself in a place where you are saying no to yourself in order that you might say yes to God. So when you are doing this, should always include some other discipline of Scripture reading, and praying, and meditating, and listening for God's response to your prayer. Whether in Scripture, or uh, as the prophet Uh, Elijah experienced that still small voice that that comes through the the tumult and turmoil of the earthquake and the wind and the thunder and the lightning and the circumstances of life. It requires that I quiet myself to be able to to discern what God is trying to say to me. I I think of it this way. Uh, I... I don't know how to understand God, but God knows how to communicate to me, if I will let Him. I don't speak God's language, but God knows mine. Does that make sense to you? But it requires that I have to quiet myself and put myself in a place of concentration. So I might fast by skipping a meal. I might fast by turning off my cell phone. I might fast by not looking at various social media. I might fast by turning off the television. Maybe sometimes in the morning when I get up for my quiet time... I won't set a cup of coffee down next to me. <laughs> I heard that. You all heard that. Because my quiet time shouldn't be about the coffee sometimes. And maybe, 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 maybe I shouldn't always sit on my back deck and listen to the birds. Although, maybe God wants me to enjoy the birds sometimes too. Maybe that's one of the ways that God speaks His peace into my life. So I'm not telling you you can't listen to birds during your... Here, here I want you to make sure you understand. I'm not giving you a list of rules. Okay? I refuse to tell you how to do it. Don't ask me how to do it. Ask God how he wants you to do it. Just um, just think about the idea that Jesus is saying here. Don't, my next point, don't make your fasting into a public spectacle. Because in so doing, you are, actually, you are actually indulging one of your appetites. When you post your selfie on social media, you're indulging your appetite for attention. I'm not, I'm not telling you you're a bad person for taking a selfie and putting it on social media. I'm not telling you that's wrong to do. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. I'm saying, if you are making your practice of your Christianity a public spectacle for other people to see and admire, you are falling into the trap that Jesus warns us against. Beware that you don't do your acts of righteousness for other people to see. Think about how powerful the approval of others is as a motivator. I'm going to invite you to think back to your younger days. Some of you will have to really dial it back. Thinking back through decades, decades. Remember a few of the times you said or did something That you didn't really want to say or do and left to yourself. You probably would never have done that or said that. But you did it anyway because you thought that by saying that or doing that, the group you were a part of would accept you. And maybe offer some approval of your action. Do this. Everybody else is doing this. Get get this tattoo. Don't 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 write that mark, remark off. I'm not saying tattoos are evil. I'm sure there's one or two in the room. Over over the years of my youth, I did some things that I never would have done, except that my peers. Encouraged me to do that, and I wanted to think I wanted them to think well of me. Have you ever been there you ever have you ever been in that position where you thought something or said something or did something that you wouldn't otherwise think say or do because the people you were with you thought they would think well of you if you did years ago when I was young and immature and brash but That never happens to me now. Right? Even to this day, sometimes I feel pressure to think, say, or do something that I wouldn't otherwise think, say, or do. Because the people I'm with, I think, will will appreciate me or approve of me or, or accept me because I'm doing what I think they want me to do. And that is the definition of hypocrisy. When I do something that is not in my own heart to do, but I choose to do it because of what other people, in my own mind, what I think other people want me to do, even though it's not what is, what is in my heart to do, what God is telling me to do, that is one at least one definition of hypocrisy. <clears throat> so Jesus says, in, if you're going to fast, when you do fast, make sure that you keep it private. So I want to ask you a question. Does this mean that back um, on the Saturday between Good Friday and Easter Sunday, when as a, as a church family, we said, I said we said, but it was my idea. I'm not going to blame anybody else for putting this idea in my head. When, when I encouraged us to take that day, that Saturday between Good Friday and Easter Sunday, and set that day aside as a day of prayer and fasting was i doing this was i was i doing this for a spectacle for a show is is it wrong for us to pray publicly in this assembly no we are a family this is internal housekeeping I'm not doing what I do for you to approve of me. And when we do our practice of righteousness together, we're not doing this to impress each other, I hope. We're doing this as a family because this is who we are. We are a family called together. God is our Father. Jesus Christ sits at the head of the table. And we all look to Him. Yes, we all look to him and and what we do in the family dining room. We're doing to to honor and glorify God. Would you agree with me? So what we talk about here in the family, I hope I hope you understand when I stand up in front of you and I talk like this, I'm not talking to you like I know everything and you should do what I do. And I don't want you to think that you should do what I suggest so that you will impress me. You don't think that anyway, right? Who wants to impress me? I'm nobody. I'm, I'm nobody, okay? I'm just the guy who points at the head of the table and says, let's see, if we can, let's see if we can honor God. So, even though it seems like we're doing what we're saying we're not supposed to do, what what jesus is telling us here is don't go out into the world and uh, don't don't set up a blaring loudspeaker system and 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 blare gospel music at your neighbors all weekend and drown out their 4th of july party and and act like holy joe if there's anybody in the room named joe joe i don't i don't mean that <laughs> I don't mean that as a, you know, holy Jose. Is there a Jose? <laughs> we just need to be sincere, like, like Linus in the pumpkin patch. How many of you got that reference? Okay. We should be the most sincere pumpkin patch. I don't want to get into the philosophy and theology of uh, peanuts, but here's the homework assignment that I want to give you. This week, as a part of your daily Bible reading and your time in prayer and meditation, I want you to look up Isaiah chapter 58. Isaiah chapter 58. And I want you to spend some time reading through that chapter. Isaiah chapter 58. And listen carefully to what God says to his people through his prophet Isaiah about their practice of fasting. What they were doing, how they were doing it, why they were doing it, and what God thought about it. Spend some time this week soaking in that. And see if God might have something to say to you through the words that he gave through his prophet Isaiah millennia ago. It all comes down to this. And these three illustrations that Jesus gives us about how we practice our righteousness. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Do I do what I do? As I walk out my daily walk, following Jesus, left, right, left, right. Sometimes I start on the right foot, but mostly I start on the left foot because that's what my drill sergeant said. Do I do this to be seen by others or do I do this to please God, to obey God? This is a choice that I have to make repeatedly. Repeatedly, I have to make this choice. And making a choice means I have to think. Choices made without thinking go bad. I have to think about what I'm doing and then make a choice about how to do what I'm doing or whether I do it at all. You and I can trust that God knows our motives. He knows the why behind the what I'm doing. And if my motive is to genuinely please God and to obey Him and to draw closer to Him and to follow as closely behind Him as I can, and if my actions just happen to be noticed by somebody else unintentionally on my part, that's okay. Because of something else Jesus said earlier in the Sermon on the Mount that we've already talked about. Let your light shine before men. So that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Jesus' warning is about when we let our light shine so that others may see our good deeds and give us the glory. and that is idolatry isn't it so do what god puts it in your heart to do do it to please him and to glorify him and if it happens to be noticed that's okay you haven't you haven't been unfaithful if somebody else happens to catch you in the act of doing something righteous that pleases God. God. That's how God intends for it to work. That you and I will become so accustomed to doing the things that please Him. That we will do those things that please Him. It will Our private devotion will spill over into our public walk. People will notice. And... And then God can use our example and our testimony to turn the light toward him so that people can glorify him. It's just that simple. When you fast, when you pray, when you give, give, pray, fast out of a pure heart to please God. And let the outcome rest in His hands. He's going to do it much better than you do anyway. Let's pray together. It occurs to me, Father, that we try to make things so difficult and complicated, and we try to analyze and over-analyze and over-explain. But what Jesus is saying to us, really, when you just hear it, seems kind of simple. Why is it so hard for us? I pray, Father, that you will help us to grow in the practice of our righteousness until we don't even think about it anymore. We just do what comes naturally knowing that it's your approval that we're seeking. It's the only thing that matters anyway. Thank you for your grace to us. Help us to apply this truth in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Talked a lot today about a God who keeps working and a God who keeps doing things. And that's because we have a God who is so amazingly faithful, even though we're not. Let's sing it. Great is Thy faithfulness On my Father There is no shadow of Thou changest not, thy compassion
0: may will
1: not. As Thou hast been, Thou forever will be. Great is Thy faithfulness. Great is Thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies rise. boo uh-huh. The feast that endureth thine all dear presence to cheer and to guide, strength for today and pride oh, for tomorrow. Thousand thousand beside. Sing it out. Great is thy faithfulness. ready is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning new mercies I see. All I have my head has broken.